What's up everyone and welcome to episode 77 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where I, Tim Birkbeck, speak to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. I uh, hope everyone's well. Um, I've had a bit of a more chilled out week this week, which is quite nice after a f- few hectic weeks, so it's nice to kind of come back down to earth a little bit and kind of a bit of normality, I guess, a bit more of routine from I've heard in the last couple of weeks. Um, so in that aspect, fact I haven't really got a whole lot to share with you this week in terms of what I've done um, but I am going to do one little bit of shameless self-promotion I'm afraid so bear with me guys and we'll we'll get through this and then we'll get into to this week's guests but um, I know I do mention my band a little bit but uh, this week we did something quite well for me it's quite cool because it's the first recorded material I've done in, f- since I've joined the divorcee so uh, earlier in the year we recorded two tracks uh, we then did a little very DIY practice space video to go along with them. Uh, that video is now up on our Facebook page, uh, which I'll put a link to uh, in the description of this episode. Uh, so you can hear the two new tracks. Uh, the first one is called Creativity, comes in the form of a poison tongue. Uh, and the second one is called Binary Code for Faceless Names. Uh, both tracks will be featuring on our upcoming full length, which we're nearly finished written written writing even sorry says the journalist um yeah we've got sort of like two tracks that we're still kind of tweaking around with hoping that we should go into the studio maybe late october early november get everything done by the end of the year and then have it out early next year fingers crossed if all goes well um speaking of full length records my guests this week have one coming out very soon uh so as i mentioned a few weeks ago when I came back from Art Tangent, I would have a little break from the Art Tangent stuff for this week's episode as I wanted to get this one out ahead of my guests having their record come out. Uh, and this week's guests are Florida's own Gouge Away. Uh, now, this is a band who I've been really excited about for a very long time. But from when I heard their first uh, record, Dies, I was just instantly in love with them. And I think it kind of comes across a little bit in the chat. Um, but they were a band that fascinated me, and I really wanted to talk to them, and the opportunity came along uh, to to chat with all four of, of the members of, of Gouge Away, and I wasn't going to turn it down, so it was something that I jumped upon the the opportunity. Uh, we talk for, about everything from all members, uh, how they started their musical journey, to how four of them met and came to be Gouge Away. And what people kind of expect from from the new record, Burnt Sugar, how it's kind of a a step away from dies, uh, whether that's for the better or not, people will have to judge that. But from the two tracks that they've released so far, I'm very excited, and the band seem very excited about it, which is always a positive. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. Let's get into my chat with Gouge Away, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is uh, Mick, Tommy, Tyler and Christina, uh, the quartet better known as Gouge Away. Um, guys, thank you very much for, for joining me. How are we all? Doing great. Thank you. Um, Got to start off, being from, from the UK, looking across the pond, I always see how awesome Sound and Fury is. So I've got to ask, how was it for you guys? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was- it was great. We were super, super nervous before playing. 
never um, been that nervous in my life. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was awesome. It, it the turnout was great, and uh, after we were playing, it was such a relief though because we were so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, was it kind of because I think like from an outsider, like your guys trajectory at the moment is on a massive peak crescent sort of thing so to and obviously i've seen like photos from your your set at sound and fury and everyone seemed to be going off so was it kind of uh, a relief to see that that kind of reaction to you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool um well as I, as I said before we we started going i like to kind of delve into to the background of my guests and kind of find out what what gets them ticking so obviously where i've got all four of you we'll, we'll kind of go round in a circle as such so tommy as we're on your your skype id i'll start with you so how did you kind of get into alternative music in the first place uh my brother um he's two years older than me and uh when i was like in middle school or whatever he would like he <laughs> He sold me his old Blink-182 CDs. That he didn't <laughs> he, wait, he sold them to you? He sold them to me. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't even give them to me. He's like, you can have these for like 20 bucks. Uh, I've never heard that I like, I like worship everything that he did pretty much. Yeah, uh, so. I, I can relate. I've got a, an older brother, four years, and I did the exact same thing. Like, He bought a Soulfly t-shirt, I bought a Soulfly t-shirt. He bought a Cold Chamber CD. I bought the same Cold Chamber CD, so I can relate. Cold Chamber, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I grew up on new metal. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but sorry, I, I interrupted. Carry on. Oh, no, that's good. Uh, basically, just that. Like He uh, he played bass and guitar. And, uh, I started getting into like playing drums after he did or after he started playing music and uh, we were in a band together for like a long time and uh, just like basically his friends uh, I would all I would hang out with all his friends and I would be like the young kid that was like annoying everyone <laughs> uh, yeah I basically just followed whatever he did and took me to like my first hardcore show after I'd already, I like got into punk and stuff first like um, like anti-flag and the, the casualties and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I, my first hardcore show was like Bane, This Is Hell. Oh wow. Uh, Outbreak and Modern Life Is War. That's an awesome first show. Yeah, yeah. So that that definitely like okay, this is my shit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. And um, Tyler, what about yourself? Um, my dad actually was really into like Nirvana and uh, The Offspring and okay. like Smashing Pumpkins too. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he would always have stuff like that playing in the house. And uh, I never like I, I guess I like kind of grew up with that stuff. But when I got to the age of like probably the same age as Tommy was mentioning. Um, when I started like discovering my own taste and my own type of music, I got into like Blink-182, just like Tommy said, and like Newfound Glory and, and stuff like that. Um, but then, uh, like one of my friend 
friends named Dylan, he had older brothers who like showed us about more like independent stuff. And, uh, I guess you could say like alternative stuff. Um, and they were in, you know, they were into hardcore and punk and all that. So just by hanging out with them, I just, it just like really grew on me. Like the more, like, I guess you could say aggressive style as opposed to like the pop punk Blink-182 stuff yeah. that I got to as like a 10 year old. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, just, it, grew, it grew from there. And then like, I just fell in love with it and wanted to like discover like new bands every single day if it was like a more underground like name that i hadn't heard of i would just like download it and see what it sounded like yeah just like keep going from there (laughs) uh christina what about yourself um very similar to tyler just like i grew up around all that with my parents just like all the grunge albums and like punk albums that were going on in like the early 90s were just like in our house and that's just something that was very common to listen to yeah and um i think when i got older like everyone thought my sister and i were like twins or like the same exact person okay so when she went the more like hair more route i went the more like aggressive route okay yeah that's right off yeah, and I like a lot of different types of music, but I think that's like kind of where I got into like hardcore and screamo and stuff. Yeah. And um, Mick, what about you? Uh, my my, uh, my story is pretty similar to Tommy, actually, where <laughs> I have a, an older cousin. Sell you CDs. I was going to say, did you have to buy the CDs yourself? Unlike Tommy's brother, my cousin gave me all the CDs. <laughs> he brought brought his uh i was in middle school and he brought his entire cd collection to my house oh wow physical cds so it was like 100 cds or something just in a box and we sat and ripped them all onto my computer no way (laughs) that yeah that was that was that did it and from that point on i just i I got limewire and like would surf blogs and i would buy every music magazine i just wanted to find like the weirdest Thing I could possibly find. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, the the other question that I like to to ask is what your kind of first sort of experience of of live alternative music was. Obviously, Tommy, we we've already heard that you had that incredible experience with with Bane. This is how one life is war. So, what what was the other, your other guys? What was your kind of first into witnessing alternative music live? Um. What, I'll go in, in reverse order. So, Mick, if we start with you this time around. Well, that's a tough question. I, I, you're asking the question, and I'm just racking my brain trying to think about it. Uh, the earliest thing I can think of is there was, there was this band, a local band called The Phalanx. Phalanx, I don't know how you say it, but they were like a kind of like a fantasy metal band almost. But okay. Like, uh, and, like, the, the guys in the band, they worked at, like, a Starbucks that my family went to. Oh, Nice to see their band and that like blew my mind because I'd never like gone to a you know like a local show before and uh, I saw them play and I was just like oh my god was, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen there's five people in this room and they're so into this you know <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's the earliest thing I can I can think of I was, that, like, still it's a pretty cool memory like 
because obviously you've probably seen them at Starbucks and then seeing them playing in, in their band is a bit of a weird juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My 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 mom dropped me off at the show, and and uh, when she came to pick me and my friend up, there was one band left, and I was like, "Mom, please let me stay and watch that." <laughs> and you know, let me watch the band, and that band also blew my mind. <laughs> so. Brilliant. Uh, Christina, what about you? Um, I know my first like local show was when I was in like eighth grade. Just a friend invited me to go, and I thought it was crazy and awesome just to like I don't know see that in person. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really know about hardcore specifically though. Is it just one of those things that kind of happened and is stuck with you sort of thing? Yeah, I think I was just, like, so excited to, like, go to a local show that I just wanted to, like, soak up everything and just, like, I don't know, I wanted to, like, I loved, like, the punk shows when I was, like, that age. They were just, like, so wild and everyone cared about, like, getting along and helping each other up and, like, stuff like that. And We used to really go to cool. a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be at a ska show and then a well actually just yeah. a ska band, a punk band, a metal band, a hardcore band, like all on the same show. all on the yeah. same bill. And it would be all the same people would just like what you know, they'd be skanking and then they'd be moshing and then they'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Tyler, what about you? Um the first like independent like alternative type of show i ever went to uh well have you ever heard of this label from south florida called eulogy yes yeah yeah so they were like when i first started going to hardcore like punk shows and stuff they were like still very big right down here and uh they used to do this thing called eulogy fest and uh that was that was like the first hardcore slash punk type of show okay that's cool I was probably about 13, and uh, it was so cool. It was just, like, the most, like, wild, like, dangerous, like, especially at that age. That was crazy. That was, like, I had never been to anything like that without my parents. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that felt that, like, wild or dangerous before, and it was just, like, made such an impression on me. But, yeah, that was, it was, like, Evergreen Terrace and, like, bands like that that were like eulogy bands at the time and it was cool that's all that's awesome because i remember like my my first show was um the movie life they played over here in england and i I went with my older brother and it's as you say tyler see going to that kind of first experience like without sort of parents it was kind of like a nervous excitement but like when you see everyone sort of crowd surfing and stuff like you just get like really sort of caught up in everything within that energy and i'd sort of I kind of miss that excitement of like going to your first show kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, it was like I never experienced anything like that before that. So it was it was wild. And um, and in terms of kind of obviously getting into to music yourselves again, Tommy, you mentioned sort of starting drums and playing with with your brother. So was that kind of your your into playing sort of live music, or was it just initially jamming with your brother and then elevated into sort of live music later on down the line um yeah it started my brother was already in a band with his friends and then 
something happened to where their drummer couldn't make a practice, so then he asked me to play, and then they kicked their original drummer out. And <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Which is funny, but we didn't, like, play real shows for, like, a long time. It was super <laughs> weird. Tell them what the shows. We, <laughs> we were just playing, like, shitty bars. Okay. Our player's dad would, like, book us at to, like, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be, like, we just play, like, covers of punk songs and then, like, shitty, like, Eric Clapton songs. I don't know why. <laughs> but we didn't play, like, real shows for, like, a couple of years. And then I was, like, 15. So... And, yeah, we just play, like, punk shit. So would you technically class that as your first band? I mean, it turned into being a real band after a couple of years. Yeah. But at first it was, like, not, not like, a real thing at all. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Christina, I want to come to you uh, next, because was sort of vocals, was that always your your sort of weapon of choice sort of thing, or was it something that you fell into? Oh, okay. Uh, like, a whole lot. Like, I would play every single day after school for hours, and I took drum lessons. And um, I, like, always wanted to play drums for a band, but then I got, like, blood clots in my oh, arm. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I was told I couldn't play anymore. <laughs> oh, man. And, yeah, I, like, got, like, mostly better. And, um... I don't know, I just, like, always saw myself, like, being in a band one day, and I don't know where vocals came from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it it definitely wasn't totally by choice. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you were like, Let, let's start a band, and it was like, what are you going to do? And yeah. <laughs> Right. I feel like it's like people think vocals are like the center, but like drums, like oh. if you mess up. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally understand because like I'm in a shitty little punk band here, like, and our drummer, the stuff that he can do, like he he's naturally a jazz drummer, so uh-huh. like watching him at practice, I'm just like how the fuck are you doing this sort of thing yeah. Where, whereas I'm just stood there with a microphone like yeah this is this is cool sort of thing so I uh, yeah total admiration for drummers yeah I've played a few shows on drums and like my hands are so sweaty I don't, <laughs> yeah. from being nervous. I don't know how anyone gets through it I've, I've thrown a fair share of sticks oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tyler, how how about you getting into to bass? Was bass always your your first choice? Um, yeah, actually, it it's, has always been my first choice because I have an older brother who's a bass player. Um, so I started playing when I was pretty young. Actually, I think I was like eleven, and that was like the first instrument I ever played or even had an interest in playing. Um, and then I I tried to like learn guitar later on but i i never like kept up with it as, as far as practicing but yeah. yeah bass bass was like 
my first choice. Cool. And Mick, I'm, I'm going to assume that guitar was first choice for you because it seems to be most musicians kind of want to start with guitar and then maybe elevate. So, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that same cousin that you know gave me all his CDs. He played guitar. And oh, okay. Person I never met. I was like, <laughs> all right. I was like, I want to play guitar. So my my dad got me a guitar for probably my 11th birthday, maybe my 12th. And I didn't play it, uh, and uh, my family had moved like uh, pretty soon after that, and uh, I went to a new school, uh, so probably seventh grade, and uh, I made like my first friend there, and he was the coolest kid in the school, but he was you know a geek and he loved like all the punk and the you know Nirvana and everything, so we hung out, and the first time we hung out, he had this like cool blue Ibanez guitar, and he played like Red Hot Chili Peppers on it or something, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, so the two coolest people I've ever met both play guitar. I was like, I could totally, like, actually learn how to do this. And that was, uh, you know, I took some lessons and then uh, that was it. <laughs> and did, did you, all you guys, did you grow up in sort of like this similar area or were you were from different areas? Yeah. Which is like, it should be just its own state because <laughs> yeah. um, the cities are all so close together. Like if you drive down the highway, you can pass through like three or four different cities technically in like 20 minutes. Okay. Um, but Mick and Christina grew up like actually in the same oh, yeah. city, right? Yeah, we grew up going to the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and then Tommy's from Central Florida. Well, the the reason I ask is obviously uh, being from the UK, I know nothing of of what sort of the the underground sort of DIY scene is like in America. So I was just going to say, like, for you guys growing up in in Florida, like, what was the the scene like when you were younger? Sort of first sort of experiencing sort of the punk scene. Uh, it, it like goes through cycles okay uh sometimes it's really good sometimes it's like there's like not a lot of shows um south florida they have a lot of shows right now there's like a bunch of hardcore bands down there but it's getting good it's, it, it was like bad for a while we lost our our main venue yeah oh, venues, no. venues still get shut down a bunch um orlando's like still kind of rough with hardcore but Florida is always like up and down with that shit. Like, yeah, it's it's hard for bands to come here, so a lot of tours like skip skip Florida, and it's like when there is a band that comes down, if they're like hyped at the moment, it's like a crazy show. But then like a smaller band comes, and there could be like five people there. Right, right. So it's like it's pretty hit or miss. So in terms of when you guys were all starting out, this. We'll go sort of pre-gouge away, like starting out in maybe early bands and things. Was it quite hard to sort of break in and, and sort of get into that scene? Um, I think it was more varied maybe back then. It was a little less um, like specific. Like I think now you, you can kind of have like a hardcore scene and a punk scene and there's like, you know, the psych bands play here and those bands play there. I think it was a little more melting pot 
Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like when I first started playing shows with my first band, we were like a heavier, like a heavier hardcore band. Right. But we would play with like just actual like cut and dry punk bands and like even like an oi band or something. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? And like uh, like calling it a melting pot is like a good way to put it. Town farm, I mean, is kind of that like spot where just everybody yeah we, we had a one venue that just was always there so everybody just played there and you would kind of just play with whoever wanted to play on that day you wanted to play <laughs> so if we if we jump forward to to gouge away how did you you guys all, all meet and sort of the the discussion of, of forming a band start Um, well I had tried to start like I was like just very hungry to like start a band and um I kept trying and things wouldn't really like come together like you know there'd be like a practice and people would never see them again um and then I don't know I finally like talked to Mick he was originally on drums (laughs) and we did a thing like that yeah (laughs) like forever Uh, yeah I feel like that was like ten years ago. Um. Well, we—I mean, we—we we had when we had started the band, we had um, some other members, right? And Tommy and Tyler were are, weren't originally in the band, right? Okay. Drums prior, um, but we had added some people and sort of had some shuffling and. Uh, Tommy took over drums and I started playing guitar and then Tyler came in and uh, replaced the prior bass player and that's sort of where we are now and I think those changes happened within the past year year or two 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 years Um, Tommy probably joined two two years ago yeah it's been like two years Um, but Tyler and Tommy were in Axis together oh okay the the rhythm section yeah (laughs) I got to move off the drums and play guitar, which was great because Tommy is a much better drummer than I am. <laughs> but in terms of kind of, obviously, Christina and Mick, you said that you grew up in the, the same kind of town, but how did you sort of know Tyler and Tommy? How did you all come to, to meet? Uh, we all met through playing shows with our other band, pretty much. Like Axis and Gouge, they would play shows together, and we just kind of met that way. Okay. And Christina, you mentioned that obviously you you kind of put out the feelers to to wanting to start Gouge Away. So is this a kind of your your first foray into punk, so to say? Yes. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> luckily. And <laughs> <laughs> unluckily. So. I feel like everyone has their first bad band that they want to like make sure no one yeah but that's for me like there's like demos and stuff from, like, okay so there is there is something but it's <laughs> very deep sort of thing very from the internet <laughs> <laughs> but in in that terms like obviously to uh, we'll get on to sort of where you are now but to see how gouge away has grown for for you to see kind of I don't want to say sort of baby of the band, but like to this be your first experience of sort of maybe touring with a band and stuff. How has that kind of experience been? 
tours for other bands. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I've been touring since I was 19. Um, and just like, honestly, just from years and years of touring for other bands, I was like, I know how to do everything. Like, I have to do it for bands. Going back to when we would go to shows, that was sort of what you did then, too. It's like Christina would book all the shows and, like, put everything together. Right. Yeah. Just all play. Yeah. So, oh, and, and I, I, when I met Christina, I found out that she booked my first band in South Florida. Oh, okay. Our first time there, like, before we even knew each other, she booked. Yeah, I was, like, 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, are the bands that you were sort of on the road with beforehand, are they anyone that, that I might have heard of? No. No, <laughs> no that's, I was just, just, just intrigued. So, was it just that you kind of got that taste for it and then wanted to kind of do it off your own back sort of thing? Oh, yeah, definitely. And obviously in terms of where where the band kind of went from there obviously the your debut album i think that's obviously where my jumping in point was for you guys and like it's a weird way that i kind of came about it so um my older brother posted the artwork on instagram and i was kind of like oh what's this like it doesn't look like what i'd expect of like a hardcore album but he basically was like album of the year sort of thing and obviously i take what my brother says quite like of high value sort of thing so went and checked out and i was instantly sort of blown away so and i think a lot of people had that reaction so were you what was your like from an insider what was it like to sort of put that album out there and kind of see it blow up to it to an extent Right, okay. We're just like, we're going to put out an album. Yeah, I think the other thing too is we had a lot of people that like believed in us more than like we we did. did. (laughs) Like 86 records like from South Florida approached us and they're like, we want to put this on vinyl. And we're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, like you're lost. through kind of time period from from when gouge away because you said it came on quite quickly so from when gouge away formed to when dice came out how how quick a turnaround was that then from when we from when you formed until it came out like how long was um 
two years. Two years. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, so that is quick. Yeah. I mean, I would. Th- I think when I say quick, more from when we had the concept of doing the record to when it came out oh, yeah. was like within a year or six months Maybe, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. It was just like we should write an album. All right, let's try to squeeze it all in in like a few months and book studio time when we don't even have songs written. <laughs> <laughs> But I, th- I think that even in terms of like two years, I think because a lot of bands will kind of they'll form, they'll maybe do a demo in the first year, maybe sort of a seven inch in the second year, then sort of plan on writing a full length. So I think to kind of go straight to a full length, obviously, I know that there, there was demos and stuff prior, but to go straight to the full length was maybe a bold move that paid off. Is that, yeah. is that, do, do you see it that way? Yeah, I can, I can see it that way. I think uh, we, we actually had, like I mentioned, a lot of people helped us, and we had a, you know, a, a second guitar player uh, during that time that sort of came in. We, we probably had half of the record, and uh, he came in with a, a lot of material kind of already written that sort of helped us out of the hole mm. on the, the record where we were pretty i think we were pretty stressed about it because we sort of said we were going to do the record and then we were like oh my god this is way harder than <laughs> yeah the record is probably the most stressful thing I've done. Uh, absolutely um <laughs> after this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh yeah well this this one's been stressful but i think in a lot of in ways, different ways in different ways but i think we had uh, uh with dies there was a lot of expectations right expectations mm. and uh, with, uh, with the burnt sugar it's a lot more like you know we, we have one under our belt let's like really take our time and do what we want do what we want <laughs> yeah to, uh, just sort of like yeah you know meet, meeting any expectations it was we're meeting our own uh, our own expectations mm-hmm. i would say mm. um, so kind of in in that terms i don't I, obviously i don't want to kind of put words in your mouth but Obviously, where you said that it was quite quick, and you kind of booked the studio time, where some maybe some of the things weren't fully written. In hindsight, would you kind of like to go back and re, like, if you had the opportunity, revisit dies and kind of tweak it, or would are you happy with how the end product turned out? I, th- I think any band wants to go back and redo. <laughs> yeah. um, I am. I, I know personally, I am happy with what it is because without it we wouldn't be what we are now right you know like we learned a lot of stuff that we liked from it and a lot of stuff we don't like from it and uh you know it it was nice and to the point i think that's maybe why people liked it yeah (laughs) and that was something that i wanted to kind of ask you about because i think that's what kind of drew me to to you as a band is that the lyrical content is very matter of fact it's not sort of hidden under metaphors or anything like that um so was that something that you spoke about that you wanted this band to be that it was a band that had a message and would put that message front and center yes um the whole like the whole reason why i even like got into heart like the little bit of hardcore that I do like is because of like 
the messages and it's very like straightforward and like you know like what their intentions are mm. um when we first started and we were just like kind of like playing local shows and like writing these crappy demos um we like i wrote kind of about whatever i wanted or like they might have had a political theme but it was like more like artistically said yeah um, but we um would like people would kind of like show up to our shows and um i don't know they misinterpret they would i guess not head. even like missing yeah like went over their head a little bit okay yeah, um in our like early stages of playing like I would explain a lot of what the songs are about because it wasn't super straightforward. And then live, we would get all this like <laughs> pushback and like there's like been like racist people screaming at us. No and, like, way. Us and, oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> when we got to writing the next record, it was a lot more of like, all right, like screw this. I like want people if they're gonna be like that, I want them to be turned away like That's... immediately. Yeah. Yeah for the record um but at the same time i think that like doing that has kind of served its purpose and that's not really my style of writing if okay. i'm being like totally honest with myself and um i'm like glad that we did that because now i feel like i can like write more how i write <laughs> yeah and again i don't kind of want to put words in your mouth but i think from what you were saying there, Christina, is it kind of, I guess, the way that I kind of see it now after you said that, has Dyes kind of set the scene for what Burnt Sugar is going to be? Like, in, in in the sense that you've said that, you've kind of said this matter-of-fact record, but now you've kind of got the freedom to write how you want. Um, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be blunt to get, I guess, get your point across. If yeah. Not, we achieved that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no more racist screaming out us at shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> and before we kind of get on to to burnt sugar itself, obviously, after dies, as I say, I think. I can only speak from my perspective here in the UK, but there was a kind of a big buzz around that record. And I think instantly, as soon as kind of people would sort of latched onto that record, they instantly wanted more. Obviously, I know you did the the little two track um, uh, seven inch with uh, Jeremy's uh, label, but was there ever kind of pressure on you to kind of churn out something more or did you want to take that step back from dies and have a bit of a break before sort of approaching burnt sugar uh, uh yeah so i mean that uh that seven inch uh that was just uh we just wanted to do it i don't think there was any like oh we, we have to put something out that was just sort of uh you know we put out dies and we just kept like okay we did that and like we want to like keep writing and exploring like our sound and like what can we do and mm-hmm. you know how can we like push ourselves and that's really where that um, seven inch came from was just like us being hyped on 
people being hyped on the record. So <laughs> yeah. we uh, that's yeah, that's where that seven inch. Yeah, the the sweat the song sweat was the first song we wrote with like the newer lineup. And then, right. Yeah, okay. The uh, the A side was sort of old lineup, and the B side was new lineup. So oh wow! Okay. It was kind of like a tra- it was an actual transition <laughs> from our past to our present. So it's literally flipping the flipping the record to yeah. to the new chapter. <laughs> that's that's incredible. I really like that. Not whether it was meant purposefully, I don't know, but yeah, that's pretty cool. It was not a it wasn't, I just realized that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you brought that to light. So that's <laughs> um, obviously, we have Burn Sugar coming out uh, next month. You've obviously released one track off it, and already I'm super buzzed for it. Like I think I was excited for it before I even knew it was going to be coming out. Um, but you, you've kind of already said that. It's, you've kind of got a bit more freedom with this record. You've took a bit more time with it. So, going into to recording, how was the the experience for you this time round? Feeling like you kind of had a bit more of a, a grip on what you wanted to to come out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I can't speak so much compared to Dives because I wasn't there. But <laughs> 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 from what you've said. Uh, definitely had like way more of a better idea on this one oh yeah of like what we wanted like how we wanted to sound like what we wanted the whole thing to feel like overall we've been like ironing out ideas and like sending each other music for like probably a year straight yeah like a spotify playlist that we all add to and like, we're always just like sending each other music there's like and, 80 songs or something on that yeah, playlist it's just like we go to practice i would just i would drive and i would just hit shuffle on it just to sort of absorb like refresh it's, it's inspiration yeah, get, yeah see kind of yeah. what everybody is like vibing you know but that helped too with like knowing what we wanted out of recording as yeah. well oh yeah yeah it felt it felt really good to like be on the same page about especially going to record with Jack Shirley like we knew exactly what we wanted but we also wanted his input his expertise his expertise yeah it it helped so much and it felt really good like going into the studio I think we we felt like pretty confident so that was cool also because Jeremy helped out a lot yeah because Jeremy helped out too with uh, like the pre-production, mm. which was which was great. Yeah, he he flew in for a couple days and just hung out with us, and we played him all the songs, and he gave us like notes and you know like oh maybe you should try this or you know this you know this song could be longer or shorter. And yeah. Sort of, <laughs> sort of the sort of the like outside opinion that yeah. you sort of in the you know mm-hmm. at, at the end of the process because you know you've been listening to the demos for ever and. You know. Yeah, you get like exhausted. Yeah, or, yeah. Like used to them, um, but also that, that helps us. Like even just something as simple as like you should play the sound faster was yeah. just like, whoa, you're right. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, off here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or just, like, <laughs> yeah, or just like this song needs to be longer, and just like having that conversation with someone from the outside was really cool. I want to quickly touch upon sort of like your relationship with with Jeremy because obviously you've, you've brought him up there. Obviously, he's been a big sort of 
support of, of yours kind of from from the off almost so where did that kind of relationship start from and to to the point that now he's a accredited producer on your on your new record um so i um have been a fan of tushan more since like their first tour to florida because mm-hmm. uh, they actually came to florida because they actually came to florida <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i just i just like them a lot i would see them like a million times like if they played three shows in Florida, I would try to go to all of them. I just, like, really, really liked them. And um, after a while, I think he just became very familiar with seeing me all the time. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, like, so, like, a really weird story. Um, I was on tour with another band. It was actually my sister's band. And um, she was playing an after show. And we didn't know what the show was that she was playing after. We just knew we had to be there late, so we showed up late. And then we saw Tisha Amore walking out with all their gear, and I was just like, no! Like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know you were playing. And, like, I was freaking out and just, like, ran up to Jeremy, and I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm from Florida. I would have been here. And he's like, I recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> from there, we just kind of, like, he got us into a show the next day, which is really cool. And then I like got to like hang out with him and talk. And um, ever since then, he was just like following what we were up to. And um, I would like send him stuff. And then he eventually just like asked us to open up one of their tours and then a second tour. Did you mention you gave him our demo? <laughs> oh yeah, I gave him our demo. <laughs> <laughs> Left that detail out. Oh, yeah. he, heard, he heard that. He's still working with us. Yeah. So <laughs> Maybe he threw it away before he listened to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he listened to it and like, yeah, oh, there's maybe a good idea in here. <laughs> Actually, it was a CD with like, it was um two like EP demos and then one, I don't know if this makes sense, Um, and then another song that we recorded like more recently than the, yeah yeah no i get you yeah and all he said about it was just like oh that first song sounds like it was recorded better (laughs) (laughs) any comment about the music (laughs) and obviously in terms of kind of burnt sugar itself obviously i mentioned with dice it it comes across very matter of fact so Mm -hmm. is there kind of a a theme or anything that you wanted to approach coming into Burnt Sugar or is it because as you say that you've kind of done that sort of matter of fact record so what what can fans expect with Burnt Sugar I, I guess is what I'm trying to say um I guess since um the like Dai's record like has been out uh just a lot has been happening in my personal life with like my mom being sick and my sister going through stuff and like my best friend lost her sister and there's just been like a lot of like heavy stuff going on that I've either like experienced or had to like witness through like really close people to me and um it's just a lot more of just that just like honestly dealing with life yeah (laughs) um a lot of the lyrics were just stuff that I just like would write here and there like they weren't written for a song it was just 
you know, I was, like, upset in my car one day and just, like, wrote a bunch of stuff down, and there's a lot of songs that, like, I really liked the lyrics, and I wanted to use them, but even just, like, listening back to the record now, I didn't even know what I was saying. (laughs) Now that I'm, like, like, kind of more removed from it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I was, like, going through. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, like, really not, I don't think it's very direct at all. Like, even for myself, it's just, like, stuff I wrote. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for you, is, is that kind of been a a challenge in itself kind of almost flipping going from one to being a bit more of a outward record to more of a inward personal record yeah it's scary in a lot of ways especially because I feel like people probably liked dies like mainly for that reason that mm. it was so direct and like not giving that to people I feel like it might like let a lot of people down which is like a crummy thing to think about but um at the same time it's just like I can't like if I force myself to do that then it, I feel like I wouldn't have it won't be genuine it won't be like, genuine I wouldn't like feel as like proud of it um the life of it probably wouldn't be very long like I'd probably be over playing the songs a lot quicker yeah <laughs> than like doing something that like actually means something to me That's, no I understand that and I think from the the one track that obviously everyone has heard, only friend is, I think is in, instantly like you can tell there's a a switch in gears and like from my perspective, I'm in, intrigued to hear the rest of the record now because you can instantly hear there's a, a change in sort of the musical tone and also the way that you Christina kind of use your voice. It's a very different sort of approach. So I think it's. I guess it's piqued my interest is the best way to say. I, yeah, I can I can say, you know, just from when we recorded Dies, like watching Christina do vocals, it's, you know, um, a lot, like, different in the sense that Dies, it was like she just had to go in and it was, like, in a little room and just, like, do the vocals and a couple takes and there was no room for, you know, her to really try anything where with mm-hmm. burnt sugar I mean collectively we all got to try a lot of stuff mm-hmm. which is something I think we've all wanted to, to do but haven't really had the chance to yeah it was like encouraged as well where like with dies it was like that might be too weird it might not be hardcore enough like it might not fit and now we're just kind of like we're kind of over that mentality. Just and, like, do you like it? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Okay, like, cool. I think this is great. So then <laughs> yeah. that's it. <laughs> and there's even stuff, too, where we all, like, kind of, like, get outside of our comfort zone and we're, like, insecure about it. Like, oh, no. And then three people are just like, no, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think, like, in terms of kind of hardcore punk music, whatever you want to call it, sort of, especially now in, in 2018, there's not so much of a, a fixed formula as there once were, was, I don't think. So I think, as you mentioned, having that ability to kind of play around with things, try different things out, for someone who is consuming new music regularly on a sort of weekly, daily basis, you want that sort of difference to stand out rather than a formulaic band. And I think that's why 
I've always been drawn to you is that even with dies it it had its sort of brutality like this is straight in your face sort of thing but it was clever and from what I've heard of that one track from Burnt Sugar as I say it's kind of got that strange kind of tone to it but I I like it kind of thing <laughs> so so I th- I don't think like as you say I can understand your where there's that kind of understanding feeling of people like dies they may not necessarily gravitate to a band sugar straight away but I, th- I think that in a way is a good thing I don't know is that it might just be my my way of seeing how music's changed in the years but is that how you kind of view your, your progression I guess say so i would i i think that we overall like uh going into burn sugar we wanted to keep the aggression from dies like we didn't want to take that away but we just wanted to change the way that we channel it yeah so i yeah i yeah. think that's um like i yeah hopefully people will hear it and maybe it's a little alien but they're still gonna be like us oh, it's, it's gadre they're still it's still pummels it's just pummels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm the only one who feels this way, but I think Only Friend is like a pretty safe single out of all the songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, there's some different shit. Oh, yeah. Well, see, now I'm even more interested. Yeah, there's gonna be there's some curveballs on there that I'm curious to see how people feel about them. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Well, I'll start wrapping things up. Um, but being from the uk i would be remiss if i didn't ask are you coming over here anytime soon um once the record is coming out once it comes out we're trying to go everywhere (laughs) but the uk is very high on the list i will will take that because (laughs) i've because was it last year that you were meant to come over Nothing's set in stone yet, but we're... Don't jinx anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because... Were you, were you meant to come over last year? Or was it the year before? I can't remember. Yeah, we had that... Uh, we tried to go once before, but it didn't work out. Yeah, so I remember that you were announced for like... It was a, like a two-day fest or something. And I was super psyched. And then... <laughs> literally literally went to buy my ticket and then you guys pulled out and I was like oh no but yeah. it was still it was still a cool show but yeah so I'm yeah. my my fingers crossed for you guys coming over here soon yeah ours, ours are crossed too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we try we've, we've tried so many times and it all it comes Logistics. down to is just money yeah like, no I understand that like not being able to afford it <laughs> that's cool right um how i like to to end things guys is i like to ask uh, my guests what their favorite song is uh, but with a bit of a twist so what is your favorite gouge away song that you like to play live and why so um i'll let you choose who wants to go first can it be an unreleased song <laughs> yeah my, my pick would be one that is not that is unknown yet right now oh, okay well because obviously the, the track listing has been released so you can give the name and, and that's true cool. alright so yeah if, if if you want to say and then what why is your why is your favourite one to play um do you want to go first Kristen okay mm. <laughs> <laughs> um 
favorite song to play live is a new one called Hey Mercy. We've only played it like a few times, like maybe two or three times. Two or three times, but it's like the song and the set that just like brings all the energy up. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. All right, if we <laughs> we go, I'll go with Mick next then. Uh, my my pick would be a song on Burn Sugar as well called Wilt that we have played. Uh, a handful of times. Oh, fuck. That Yeah. For me, that was a song that it was, like, the, the vibe of it and it uh, was just something that I had really wanted to, you know, uh, try and do, like, going back as far as, like, dies, that was something I, I wanted to try and pull off. So, um, yeah, I just it's a lot of fun for me to play. It's hard, yeah. it's hard for me to play on guitar, but it's like a lot of fun because I feel like I'm like pushing myself with it. You know? Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, great. Tyler, yourself? Uh, my favorite song to play live is a new one called Disso- Dissociation. Yeah, that's up there too. Um, I really like it because it comes out of an old song that we play uh, perfectly, like the way it just goes right into right, it. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun, oh, yeah, and uh, good, uh, it gets me like super pumped. And especially like if we play it midway in the set, it like just makes things. It's like uh, energizes things, and it's, it's really fun. Cool. And last but not least, Tommy, what about yourself? Uh, my my top two, I think, are songs that we haven't played live actually. But I feel That's like not the question. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way you like to play live. I'm flipping the switch here. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like they'd be sick, but I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, Subtle Thrill and Stray. Well, we have played Subtle Thrill. Uh, not like the actual way, though. Not true. But um, Only Friend is really fun to play just because yeah, your shiny the moment. drum beats are just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take a, a, actually a second one here just to pick an older one, but Sweat is I love playing that song live. Yeah, it's cool. The bridge in that song, I get so pumped every time. Cool. Guys, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um as I say, I'm super stoked to hear the record when it comes out and I really hope you come over here soon. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cheers, guys. Take care. So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Tommy, Christina, Mick and Tyler, the members of Gouge Away, for taking their time to have a little talk with me. Uh, So it was kind of ironic. Uh, As you probably heard during the chat, I asked the guys... Uh, about coming to the UK, lo and behold, two weeks after that I recorded this chat, they bloody went and announced that they're doing a bunch of UK dates with uh, culture abuse. Uh, so if you're kind of listening to this about me sounding stupid, that's kind of why I left mentioning this to the, to the end, because it, it's ironic in, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I'll put the details of the, the dates that they're doing over here in the UK uh, in the description of this week's episode, as always. Um, I will also put a link of where you can buy Burnt Sugar, which comes out on September 28th. Uh, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that album. And 
really looking forward to finally seeing the guys over here in the UK. Um, I'm going to the Southampton date uh, and potentially Bristol as well. We'll we'll wait and see, but definitely the Southampton show because uh, it's the nearest one to to where I live. But yeah, um, that's it for this week, folks. Uh, we will be back next week with another instalment from the recordings of Art Tangent. Uh, but for now, thanks again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.